Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. Hope you're enjoying your weekend. Later we'll learn about the Building Institute of Central Kentucky. It says that good paying jobs and opportunities are waiting now for people who want to gain some skills. That's coming up later. But first, you've probably seen our extensive coverage of the horrible jail overcrowding problem in Madison County and the major tax increase approved by the fiscal court this week to try to address it. Madison County's problem is unique in some ways because it is growing so fast, but many communities across Kentucky face the same issue with the state and local counties holding so many prisoners and inmates right now. In Madison County, the search for answers has included criminal justice reform, trying to find treatment for people jailed because of drug addiction, and transferring the overflow of inmates to other counties. After all of that, the jail is so overcrowded that Richmond Mayor Robert Blythe called it a humanity issue. Blythe and other city leaders offered up an old armory building as part of a solution. They're going to look at that. Judge Executive Reagan Taylor has found challenges everywhere he's turned with this issue. Finally this week, the court passed that tax increase that may now find its way to the ballot next year. And as you know, it is very controversial, Judge. Thanks for coming. We appreciate it. Glad to be here, Bill. Yeah. Appreciate you having me. Uh, for those who followed this story and for those who are now tuning in, uh, how has Madison County ended up with nearly 600 inmates and a, a jail for 185 or so? Uh, Bill, it, it would be my opinion that it's really, it goes back many, 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 many years. Uh, it goes back to some of the former uh, conversations that we've had here on this, on this uh, Newsmaker show. Uh, it goes back to us not paying attention, I think, as leaders, as, as governments, uh, from uh, trends and things getting out of control. Uh, the drug epidemic, obviously, is a huge factor in this. Uh, I've talked many times about the percentages of, of people incarcerated uh, that it's drug-related, the recidivism rates. Uh, I think uh, past uh, uh, bills have been passed uh, at the state level that have tried to help, but really I don't think that they've ended up helping. And so at this time you find yourself in this uh, uh, tremendous uh, overcrowding uh, issue. Uh, I mean, as to why so many are in jail and why Madison County uh, has such an issue, is it, uh, is it the growth in the county or is it those trends that you cite? Uh, I, think it's, I think it's a little bit of everything. I mean, I think us being on I-75, us being so centrally located uh, between uh, Michigan and Florida, uh, I think that uh, uh, that that our growth is, is part of that. Uh, I think that we took many years ago, uh, we, we took a focus off of prevention uh, amongst young people. Uh, I think that's all coming back now because of the, uh, the, the spot we're in. You know, uh, the, the, drug, the drug addicts today, the people that struggle mentally, uh, you know, prevention is not necessarily going to work for them now. You know, they need intervention. Uh, I think there's not a big enough focus on the intervention uh, prevention is being proactive, intervention is being reactive. You wanted to do what you called a, a, a healing center, mm -hmm. a hybrid jail and treatment campus because you said that so many are uh, there because of uh, drug uh, addictions and, and issues. Uh, the court at that time uh, seemed to be on the verge of rejecting it and you dropped it. Uh, and, and now uh, you find yourself in this position. Yeah, I, I, and, and I, I, I wouldn't necessarily go as far as the court you know, rejected it uh, as much as I think that the community was rejecting it, uh, which was putting pressure on 
uh, are, are members of fiscal court. We heard back then that we needed to build a jail. That was a little over a year ago. You know, that was the biggest issue that taxpayers didn't seem that they wanted to pay for uh, for a treatment facility, for tax dollars going towards that. It doesn't work. You know, you hear a lot of these uh, things that may be good ideas, maybe be true, maybe not be true, maybe be speculation. We know that we have to do something. Um, the state mandates us to be responsible for paying for the jail and incarcerating uh, the people in Madison County. Uh, statute makes us do that. It doesn't give us any options uh, to say, no, we're not doing that today or tomorrow. We're not accepting this person or that person. We have to do it. And so, again, we have to be proactive in knowing what we see in the future that is going to be a financial uh, burden on, on the county. And so here you are, and uh, this uh, substantial tax rate increase was passed by the, the, the fiscal court, and as you know, there's tremendous pushback. There's talk mm -hmm. of, uh, of a, a petition uh, calling for an election, and many are predicting that if an election is held, that would go down in defeat. Mm -hmm. Where does that leave you? So it puts uh, myself and the fiscal court and the magistrates in a bad spot. Um, you know, we're put on notice now of of how bad a shape the jail is, the situation in, inside, uh, the overcrowding, the people sleeping on mats. We've been put on notice, which makes us liable. Um, we've got to bring awareness to the situation, um, and we've got to be able to come up with a solution to it so that we're not personally uh, out there on the hook. Judge, um, do you visit the jail yourself? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, and what are your thoughts? Um, it's, it's, it's overcrowded. Um, a lot of people think uh, it's, it, they've got it easy. Uh, I would encourage anybody that thinks it's easy in there to come by and take a visit. Uh, I know that our jailer, Steve Tussie, has offered many times for people to come look. Uh, but again, that we have rules that we have to follow inside. Uh, the state sets the rules of what the temperature should be. Uh, they, they set the rules of, of, of the calories that, we have to, that, that you have to provide for meals. Um, they set all of our standards. They do inspections of, of how we have to operate the facility. So, you know, it's not like we as the local elected officials get to choose how things go. If you have to make this decision, as you said, or be personally liable potentially, uh, and have to make the jail such a high priority, what would you have to cut to do that? Um, well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of services that we provide <clears throat> in the county that aren't mandated. Um, and so those services will be the ones that we would have to prioritize uh, to see which ones that we feel like are the best ones to, to go first. Um, for me to just write off and answer which ones would go first, we, we haven't gotten that far. You're not required though to have a, a fire department. <laughs> That's correct. But you do, right? We're not required to have a fire department. You know, we're not required to have the parks uh, parks department, the golf course. Um, and, not, and yet if you, <clears throat> if you were to cut the fire department, insurance rates would go up, right? Yes, I, I, I would assume uh, that they would. Uh, um, and, and I think it, a lot of it depends on the, the rules of the different agencies or the rules of the different insurance providers. Um, but, you know, I think they all have different rules. Uh, I think some it would, and some it might not. What options do you have for uh, for money uh, other than this uh, large property tax increase? Um, we so 
the the three one the three main ones that we can do is uh, our property tax, uh, insurance premium tax, which we don't have, uh, or we could do occupational tax. We already do occupational tax, but counties are capped at one percent, so we can't go up on occupational tax uh, because the statute again the rules that are made by the legislature uh, have capped us at one percent. And the insurance tax is already being paid in the cities of uh, Richmond, Korea, right? Mm -hmm. So they wouldn't be subject to that, or would you add it on top? No, you can't stack. And so the only way that we uh, could uh, get any uh, funding out of the cities would be to be higher than their rate. Uh, no restaurant tax is an option. Mm -hmm. in, in, uh, uh, so uh, I think uh, I think counties can do hotel tax, but. I think most hotel taxes have to go towards tourism as well. And obviously, you know, uh, being a Madison County and yourself, that there's no hotels in the county. Richmond Mayor Robert Blythe said emphatically that the cities don't have an obligation on this jail issue, and you concede that, that this is, the, this is a county uh, responsibility. But he also calls it a matter of humanity based on what he has seen. They have offered up this uh, armory option uh, that you potentially could lease uh, very inexpensively. You're looking into that. We are. We actually an old uh, armory building. It is. It's an old armory building. It's about a block away from the jail. Uh, it uh, it was used for a park and recreation building for for a long time uh, for the city of Richmond. Uh, they moved out of it uh, several years ago, and uh, they've offered it us to to lease it to us for a dollar. Obviously, we would have to do those renovations. Um, we actually have a meeting today at 11 o'clock with Department of Corrections uh, to see if it is a viable uh, solution. Uh, that could help us uh, in the future. Obviously, this program uh, goes to many uh, who uh, a lot of lawmakers watch and others. Uh, what would you say to the legislature in terms of what your uh, your needs may be at the county level that that you would like to see them address uh, in the upcoming session? Yeah, I mean, we have to have, in my opinion, criminal justice reform. Uh, counties continue to get passed down mandates or unfunded mandates uh, and it, it is putting a true burden with this drug epidemic at the local level. Uh, the, the process to get through the court system, uh, the process to, to get turned over from a, from a county inmate, so to say, to a state inmate is, is, is a very long length of time. Uh, and, and I would encourage the legislature to really put a focus in on uh, this drug epidemic uh, uh, the judicial process, bail reform, jail reform, criminal justice reform in general, uh, to help us uh, be able to, uh, to to be able to make it on the local level. Uh, if that's not going to happen, uh, give us some more tools in our toolbox that we can use uh, to be able to combat this at the local level. And do you yeah. mean options for raising revenue other other than having to do a, a, well, a, a, a property tax jump like you've proposed? Uh, that, yes, and also this process that we're going uh, through right now is the process that's laid out by KRS. Uh, and I don't have options uh, as far as phasing it in, right? It would be great if this court could have said, hey, Madison Countyans, we need this much money to be able to build a new facility, pay for the operational expenses, but we want to phase it in over four years. Uh, instead of it being this big lump sum all at once, to be able to ease into it. 
but we don't even ha have that option. We're with Madison County Judge Executive Reagan Taylor. We're coming back in just a moment. A little bit later, a lot of trade jobs available out there, and there's a new institute that is helping train folks for those. We're coming back on Kentucky Newsmakers in a moment. Welcome back to WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. We are visiting with Reagan Taylor, the county judge executive in fast-growing Madison County, and talking about uh, a lot of issues, including this uh, tax increase that they have put in uh, to uh, attempt to build a new jail because of the horrible overcrowding issue over there. Did you envision when you ran for judge executive, I mean, you were a home builder, uh, you had ideas, you thought, uh, for the county and, uh, and, and the, the, the growth and development going on over there, uh, that a jail would be the focus of your term in office? Well, I knew uh, I knew that uh, the jail was an issue when I ran. Uh, I didn't realize it was such a big issue uh, when I ran. Uh, the biggest issue when I ran was being efficient, was being smart with taxpayer dollars. Uh, you know, our, our jail was refinanced in 2012 for over $3 million, uh, and, and it was 22 years old. And none of those funds were ever put back into the detention center. Uh, How do you move forward with the, the uh, I mean, this tax will not go up tomorrow and it won't mm -hmm. and it will. You can't collect it in the, with this year's property taxes because, as you know, there is an active effort out there uh, to repeal it. Uh, so you really can't move forward. Uh, the, the, the action taken by the, the court this week uh, isn't getting you anywhere with that issue. Right. And and this process is the democratic process that has been set out by the legislature. Right. Uh, you know, we, we vote on it, tax, if we pass that, that increase. Uh, it allows for this recall. If they get the signatures that they need, uh, then it would go on the ballot. Uh, a, a lot of people, a lot of our citizens, I feel like, speculate a little bit that, well, well this elected body is not doing what they want done. And that's, that's, that's a little false. The legislature allows this process for us to do what they want what, done. What is it that anybody's saying to you that's unreasonable, though, that they might say change your priorities with spending or, or whatever? In the well, case? it's more, it's, for me, it's more of, uh, of they're not listening to us. You know, it's the comments on social media that, uh, you know, these guys aren't doing. The only one uh, that, that did what we wanted was, uh, was, was, the no, was the no vote. Um, and, and, and I think a lot of it is, is just educating uh, people of what the process actually is. I mean, this has been set out. We didn't create this process. Uh, if they get the, if they get the, the signatures, uh, then it would go on the ballot in November of 2020. If this weren't hanging over, if this weren't the major issue, uh, consuming a lot of your time and, and energy at this point, uh, Judge, uh, Madison County is growing. More people than ever want to call it home. Mm -hmm. uh, what would be your top priority right now? Um, jobs. I mean, we're, we continue to work uh, to uh, try to promote Madison County, to uh, work from an economic development standpoint of bringing opportunity and jobs in. You know, we're, we're trying this because we know the the financial burden this is putting on the county and if we don't do something that it's going to take away from other things that we do provide services for in our county right now that are marketing tools to attract to business to you know make our community look good to want to to grow our population and to bring opportunities here
I want to thank you for coming by. We really do appreciate it. Great. Thank you. And I know uh, you've got some big decisions ahead, and uh, this uh, issue is uh, certainly not going away. We appreciate thank you so much. It. Hope you'll stay with us. We're coming back in just a moment. Todd Johnson will join us from the Building Institute of Central Kentucky. We'll talk about how employers are looking hard for workers with certain skills. Kentucky Newsmakers will continue in a moment. And we welcome you back to Kentucky Newsmakers from WKYT. A lot of skilled tradespeople were driven out of the building industry when the housing market crashed a decade or so ago. Now people are moving ahead again with remodeling projects or building new homes, and there is a shortage of skilled workers to do those jobs. You probably know that if you tried to get somebody. The pay for those jobs may surprise you, and there is now a workforce development program that is up and running to get people ready for the opportunities in that. Todd Johnson of the Building Industry Association of Central Kentucky is here to tell us about that, and we appreciate you coming in very much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, let's talk about uh, where we got uh, here with the improved economy. There's now a waiting line for, for anybody who wants to, to get uh, any kind of project done, and it's because of lack of workers, right? It's, that's a huge part of it. As you said earlier, you know, during the downturn, we had so many people that left the industry to find other work. Uh, in other recessions, it had been, you know, long up until this past one, uh, workers would find something to do and then come back when the economy improved. But this one was so long that many of them didn't return. Uh, the other problem we have facing the skilled trades in the state of Kentucky is that so many of our license holders who are company owners are aging out and there's not a lot of succession plans in place. Uh, so, you know, our biggest loss of companies right now from our membership are people that are getting to that retirement age and closing up their business and nobody there to take it over as well. Do young people out there, uh, you know, high schoolers and so forth, the young adults, do they think of this uh, as an option? You know what, they, they really haven't until we've started getting in the schools since 2014 when we started the Building Institute. Uh, everything is so college driven still at the school, at the high school level in terms of that being your option. As we've seen over the past few years, uh, the college debt crisis has hit us and uh, you know, so many kids have gone to school and, and the jobs just haven't been there to pay to, and they're saddled with that debt afterwards. That's, that's certainly not the case with, with what we've got going on at our school. It used to be that some would uh, go to work out of school and they, uh, out of uh, you know, high school and then decide, well, uh, I'm gonna go to college because this work is tough. Now you're kind of seeing a little bit of the opposite, right? In that in some cases they're going to college, uh, maybe acquiring that debt saying it's not for them and uh, going to uh, what can be a lucrative situation. Right? That's right. Uh, you know, our students come to us, most of them uh, either are some of them are right out of high school. Most of them have been out of school, out of high school for a little while and figured out that you know it's time for them to get moving on, getting their life more stable and advancement opportunities in a career. Uh, we have several that have come back that have gone to college and found out that it wasn't for them and decided to go a different route. Uh, and all of our students have been well, not 100%, but I mean in the 90% range, I would say of all of our graduates since 2014 are still in the trades, uh, still working and advancing themselves through that career path. And some may be surprised to know the, the pay scale out there uh, for some of these trades. Right, well, as a student coming into our school, what we see is most of our students are coming to us from typically minimum wage jobs. Uh, most of them are making almost double that starting as a student with us whenever they get hired by an HVAC company or a plumbing company or something like that when they start out. And by the time they leave our school, if they've got their journeyman's license, 
uh, they're making in the mid 40s easily uh, just starting out right out of school with practically no debt. If they, if they manage their money properly coming through our school, they should be able to graduate with money in their pocket, no debt. So certainly life-changing. Absolutely. What are the skilled areas that are uh, in big demand right now? Well, uh, plumbing, HVAC, electric, carpentry, uh, all of those areas are in demand. Uh, but it seems like what our workers, our employers are wanting are just they're wanting more of the soft skills and we through our school and through their company and on the job are training for those hard skills that they will need to do the job and it's it's believe it or not it's tough today bill to find people that will come to work work get their paycheck and come back and do it again the next week uh, we we really suffer in today's job force with folks with that work ethic to come to work regularly on time and things like that and we teach that to our students we had a conversation this past week uh, the director of our school, Bruce Maybrier, and I did with a student just about, you know, if you're at work, if you're on a job, how many days do you think you should be able to miss in your first 30 days of work? The answer is none, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and, and a lot of, a lot of the, especially the young kids that are coming into this don't understand that as, as a requirement that you gotta, you gotta show up. Do you think they, they, they see how much teamwork there really is involved? Because that could be fun too, to be, to be a, a part of a team. And you watch these crews, I mean, right. they depend on each other. They absolutely do. Uh, all of our students, uh, especially in the license trade, plumbing, electric, and HVAC have a lead that they work with whenever they first start out with a company. Uh, and it is all about that two-man team. And, and then the aspect of where the plumbing part of it fits into the electrical parts. As these subcontractors get into a construction project and how the scheduling and timing and working together to not uh, to make sure the other subs following and are on time and not to be there too late to trip over one another when they're on the job site is a real learning experience as well. So what is the training like? How long does it take uh, to get to some of these certifications? Well, I'm real excited to tell you about our electrical program because there was a state statute uh, a couple of years ago that changed and we just got approved to take electrical uh, from a four-year program to a two-year program. Keep in mind that you don't have to go to our school to be a licensed trade person, but in electricity, for example, it used to be you could work for an electric company for six years and you'd be qualified to set for your journeyman's license. Uh, the state statute knocked that down to four years, but going to our school, we can accelerate that by another full two years to get your journeyman's license or be prepared to get your journeyman's license with the state of Kentucky. Uh, plumbing and HVAC are two-year programs, but we just got approved this year uh, where we can accelerate that even further. If a student wants to go four nights a week rather than our typical two nights a week, they can get that done in one school year. Uh, to be qualified for their journeyman's license in plumbing and HVAC. And by its very nature, I would take it that training is very hands-on. It is very hands-on. We, we uh, in, the, in the licensed trades at the school, we'll spend probably 50% of the time in the classroom going over the theory stuff uh, and going through the code books and the manuals for HVAC, plumbing, and electric. And that's really getting them prepped for the test on the back end side of things. They'll be working. Typically, all of our, typically the majority of our students are working while they're in school. And then we'll spend another 50% of real hands-on work in our laboratories within the school. You don't guarantee placement, but the jobs are really, really in demand right they now. They really are in demand. We are not a job placement service, but through our, our association, the Building Industry Association, we have 700 companies that are uh, involved in the industry every day. 
Uh, so we've got a real close working relationship with company owners and typically getting a student placed has not been a problem. Like I said, over 90% of our students are working while they're in school and those that aren't, uh, some of them just don't want to at this time. I want to circle back around to this soft skills issue just a mm -hmm. little bit. And you talked about the showing up on time and, and, and you know, not missing work and, and that kind of thing. But also, I mean, people are, uh, this is people that are on their property or in their homes or so forth. So they have to be trustworthy as well. Is that part of uh, what you emphasize? Absolutely, and the companies really emphasize that as well. Customer service interaction with a customer is just as important as any skill you have working on whatever system it is you're working on in a house from a service perspective. Whenever you show up at a, at a house, typically it's the lady of the house that will answer the door if you're there for a service call. Uh, that person, whoever answers the door, has to be comfortable with what you look like, the way you're dressed, the way you approach yourself, the way you communicate and things like that. Uh, we really instill that in our students as well as our company owners do as well in their employees. You have classes that are enrolling now, right? I mean, you we know, do. You have some that just got started this yes. week or so. Yeah, yeah. we started uh, the first week of September, right mm -hmm. after Labor Day. We hit the ground running, but it's not too late. Uh, we brought uh, four students in this week, and we have probably another week window. If anybody's interested that's listening, uh, we can still get them in and enrolled and get them caught up. Uh, to get their full year uh, seat hours accomplished by April. And how should they contact you? Probably uh, to find out about us, just Google Building Institute of Central Kentucky. We'll be right there on the top of the search and go to our website. We've got information there and videos. Uh, if you want information directly from a person, uh, call our director, Bruce Maybrier. His cell phone number is 229-6641, and he will answer the phone and be glad to uh, talk to you and answer any questions. Todd, do you see this uh, trend continuing in terms of the employment opportunities and, and people continuing to, to build and remodel and so forth? As long as the economy holds out, the industry is going to be doing well. Absolutely, everything's economy driven. Uh, but yes, in terms of jobs, even, even on the service side and not talking about new construction building with the economy and, and the new projects coming on, just on the service side, uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics shows that for Central Kentucky and all across America, really, we've got strong job growth predictions in these skilled trades uh, for years to come. And like I said, not only is, are the workers not there today that are coming in the industry to fill the need that has grown, we've got a back uh, drip, I guess the hole in the bottom of the bucket, again, are these folks that are aging out, that are getting ready to retire, that are company owners and not a lot of succession plans in place. So there's a great opportunity in just a few years to own your own business. Todd Johnson, thanks for coming. We appreciate it very much. Thanks for having us. Hope you'll stay with us and we thank you for joining us for WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. We'll see you bright and early this week on WKYT This Morning. You make it a good week ahead.